Welcome to SL Advisors Talks Energy. I'm Simon Lack. At SL Advisors, we invest in energy infrastructure. We read about energy. We talk to people in the energy sector. We write about energy. We explore how the shale revolution is leading to American energy independence and how climate change is impacting how energy is produced and used. Nothing we say should be construed as a sale of securities, which can only be made through the relevant prospectus. In this week's podcast, I'm going to review Jamie Dimon's annual letter. Jamie Dimon, J.P. Morgan CEO, published his annual letter last week. This is one of the must-read CEO letters of the year. Jamie speaks and writes in plain English. He has much worth listening to on leadership, on running a business, and on America's problems, for which he blames both Democrats and Republicans. J.P. Morgan, where I worked for 23 years, is bullish on the U.S. economy. By the end of this year, the federal government will have approved COVID-related spending equal to 36% of GDP. If you include infrastructure and other spending recently announced by the White House, it's an enormous sum, taking our debt levels back to the previous peak that followed World War II. One of the great things about this country is that when we finally confront a problem, we throw everything at it. COVID has been hugely disruptive and has led to a tragic loss of life. But it's not the existential threat that was World War II. It doesn't justify the level of debt finance spending that the federal government has done. But don't waste much time thinking about what should have been figure out how to protect your investments and hopefully profit from it. Modern monetary theory is today's fiscal policy. Modern monetary theory teaches that the only limit on government spending is when they cause inflation through buying more than the economy than can produce. It looks to us like there's a trillion dollars, a trillion of this unspent. That's before this billion nine, trillion nine. So there will be money, like, you know, there's a very good chance you're gonna have a gangbuster economy for the rest of this year and you know, easily into 2022. And the question is, does that overheat everything? And we just don't know yet, but I would put that on the things to worry about. You know, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I would worry more about COVID and nuclear war than I'd worry about that. But you know, I, would, I would suspect there's a pretty good chance you're gonna see rates going up and you know, people starting to worry about that at one point. I've been very clear, I would not buy 10 year treasuries. This is bullish for energy stocks. Pent up demand and much higher government spending will boost economic activity. Inflation is likely to move modestly higher. It could run at 3% or so. It might even stay there because both fiscal and monetary policy are synchronized to produce higher inflation. So there's not much point in betting against that. The government is likely to get what it wants. Working remotely is one of the positives of COVID. I don't know anyone who misses the daily commute into the city. Our business here at SL Advisors has gone fully remote. Our living room at home has been turned into an office, so it gets much more use than in the past when it was pretty much a furniture showroom. And we've turned one bedroom into a gym. Our home is being used much more efficiently, although my wife is not as enthusiastic about turning the living room into an office as I am. Our data is all on the cloud. We have a daily video call and we meet monthly for dinner. It works because we're a small firm and we've all worked together for a long time. But it's not how you train people or create a common culture. 
You need people in the same physical location on a regular basis to do that. Jamie Dimon has some interesting comments on what the new normal will be once all the COVID restrictions have been lifted. I mean, I look, I do think there'll be part of the world where a certain amount of people work from home permanently, certain sales, certain ops, you can track the productivity, et cetera. I think there'll be a large portion who permanently work in the office. Think of our branches, cash management, probably most of the trading floors, et cetera. And there'll be some hybrids where you spend two days, two weeks at home and two weeks in the office or three weeks at home, a week in the office, or three days and two days and two days, and three days. But so I think it will reduce the need for commercial real estate. But there are huge weaknesses to the Zoom world. I mean, most of us learned by an apprenticeship system, by, you know, seeing mistakes, going to trips. How do you handle a client? How do you handle a problem? So it's hard to inculcate culture and character and all those things when you have the Zoom world. In late January, my wife and I went into New York to visit an art gallery. It was really quite sad. Nothing was open. You couldn't even find a deli. And there seemed to be more homeless people. I spent most of my career working in New York, and the city had never looked so down. Things are brightening up now, and a return to normalcy isn't that far away. But New York has some long-term problems. Here's what Jamie Diamond had to say about New York's prospects over the next few years. So again, I think New York could have a little bit of a difficult time too. Because you know, already real estate needs will come down. Most of us are going to go to more open seating because you don't need 100 seats for 100 employees. You're going to need like 60. Uh, uh, and then, of course, if you have higher individual taxes and higher corporate taxes, that does a pretty good job driving people out, as does crime, inhospitable business environment. So you know, what the city needs to do is make itself what it has been for, just like London, a wonderful, absolute place to work and or visit. So that's the arts, it's the sciences, it's the parks, it's the safety, it's the soundness, it's the tax system. Jamie Dimon's annual letter is full of insights and recommendations. He's bullish on the economy, sees modestly higher inflation with the risk of an upside surprise, and doesn't see any value in U.S. government bonds at current yields. J.P. Morgan has a unique perspective on the U.S. economy because they provide banking and other financial services to so many people, businesses, and institutional investors. If you think Jamie Dimon's views on the economy and inflation make sense, and I do, you'll want to take a look at energy stocks. There aren't many sectors that can provide protection against rising rates, but pipelines is one of them. If you look at a chart of the American Energy Independence Index and the 10-year Treasury yield, you'll see they've both been marching higher together for the past year. You can do worse than consider the outlook from J.P. Morgan when deciding how to position your portfolio. Thank you for listening to SL Advisors Talks Energy. To find more episodes like this one, go to our website, sl-advisors.com. There you can sign up for our blog, watch videos and webinars. Follow us on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Twitter at Simon Lack.